capital of the world. Bring your lunch. It's the T.C. Martin Show. With a flex of the muscles. Diagnosis. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. Prognosis. He does a lot of things out on the floor, including dunk. Osmosis. Wow, he can really bounce off the floor. It's the doctor. Friday to each and every one of you, and thank you for joining us here live at the Westgate Las Vegas Inside the World Famous Superbook. It's a Friday, so you know what that means. Yes, we are here in the house today previewing the Vegas Golden Knights, Florida Panthers, getting ready for game number one of the Stanley Cup Finals coming your way tomorrow. Opening at home here at the Fortress. Looking forward to being out there and uh, seeing at the Golden Knights can do what they couldn't do six years ago in their inaugural season, and that is win the Stanley Cup, and they are the favorites to do so. We'll talk about that today with our good friend John Murray, the sportsbook director here at the world-famous Superbook, and, of course, Marco D'Angelo in the house. Marco, what is happening, my man? Busy weekend, busy weekend. NBA uh, finals, we got Stanley Cup finals, and baseball Next week we got Belmont. We got everything. College baseball in full swing. You just mentioned the Belmont next week. We know that the Belmont doesn't mean anything. Didn't we come to that uh, conclusion last week? We we did. But as as a horse racing fan, it is still a triple crown race, and it's actually going to be a better race. I think uh, you know with the horses we're going to have, it's going to be more competitive than what we've seen in the Derby and the Preakness. All right, we've also got uh, our NBA Finals recap of game number one last night. We will dive into that as well. And then a look ahead to the game number two, which will uh, take place on Sunday. No travel, but of course, uh, the NBA wants to maximize that Sunday time slot. And a lot of people think, well, the NHL Finals on Saturday, then NBA Finals is on, on Sunday. That may have something to do with it. But, uh, you know, the NBA really isn't concerned about the NHL, but they want to have that Sunday slot and they want to kind of have that standalone game as well on Thursday. A lot of people say, well, why didn't they just start Friday? Well, because more people are in front of their televisions on Thursday night than they are Friday night. So that's why you have the Thursday-Sunday routine. We've seen this before with NBA Finals where we've seen this kind of spread out uh, situation. So we've got that. So all of that to talk about today and a whole lot more. Major League Baseball, we will dive into that uh, today as well and give you our daily Oakland A's update today. We'll do that for you, but not quite just yet. And um, and also talk about a very special anniversary today, and not really for the the good kind in Major League Baseball. We'll talk about that, and we've got some pretty interesting baseball matchups. We'll dive into that in hour number two as well. But glad to have everyone with us here, our Friday home at the Superbook here at the Westgate Las Vegas. And Happy Donut Day to you, Marco D'Angelo, and Numchuck back in the studio. Yeah. Thank you. Good holiday. Good holiday. Did you know that it was National Donut? You, you guys actually knew it was National Donut Day. I did Day. know. Look at this physique. Did you think I would not know? <laughs> <laughs> well, we got donuts delivered today um, from a, a loyal listener. So thank you very much for the, the donuts, the Pinkbox donuts from uh, a loyal listener. And, and delivered to us uh, on set here at the Westgate. And everyone's walking by, and I've already had to slap two people's hands because, don't touch the donuts! <laughs> Have you tried any of them yet? 
I have not uh, dove into the donuts uh, as of yet because they were just delivered right before we were going on the air. So We might need a live on-air review. <laughs> We've done that before, haven't we? We have. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, Marco, you're not going to be shy. I know you'll dive into some donuts. Yeah. You looked at the donuts and go, where's the glaze? You've obviously <laughs> never been to Pink Box before. Pink Box doesn't have a, have a glaze or a cinnamon roll? Are you talking about the pink? Pink box is the the bougie of all donuts. In Vegas, it is. Is yeah. that the dealio? Yeah, I think they, I've, they started with one one store out on uh, Lake Mead Boulevard, and uh, now they're uh, they're all over the place. All right. Well, uh, appreciate uh, the loyal listener for delivering the uh, the pink box uh, today. Uh, greatly appreciate that on National Donut Day. Every day is some type of national holiday. Just another way to promote. It's all about promoting and making money. (laughs) So good you'll lick the box. That's a a pretty good uh, catchphrase or slogan, don't you think? For a company of that name, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll leave it at that. Marco, the, the name of the company is Pink Box because they deliver the donuts in pink boxes. I know. All right. So... You know, you could take uh, one or two home, and maybe you can get some licking action in. How's that? <laughs> oh, Lord. I'll tell you a story off air. <laughs> oh, don't do that. I'm sure our listeners want to hear all about it, my friend. All right, let's start with the NBA Finals. Last night, the Denver Nuggets defeat the Miami Heat 104-93. to They led wire to wire, led for all of about 34 seconds of this game. The Nuggets led by as many as 24 points. Uh, Nikola Jokic, fantastic, 27 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists. Aaron Gordon, 16 points. Michael Porter Jr., 14 points. People were worried about the rust factor. Is the you know the the Nuggets with the 10 day layoff because they clinched so early after sweeping the L.A. Lakers in the Western Conference Final? Uh, then you had you know Miami obviously going to that grueling seven game series against the Boston Celtics, where they concluded that on Monday, and then uh, flew uh, directly uh, to Denver. Bottom line is Denver looked fantastic. Denver looked no different last night than what Denver has looked for the majority of this entire regular season and during the course of the NBA playoffs as well. This team has been phenomenal at home. We've talked about it over and over again. They now improve to 9-0 and at home in the postseason. 43-7 and if you combine the regular season and, and the playoffs. But uh, you know, a lot of different angles you know, to this game. And I know that the line kept shooting up and up, Marco. Closed at Denver minus 9. And I thought long and hard about this. As, as you know, I've, I've been on both of these teams during the course of, of this run, and I really like Miami. And I think, you know, eventually, you know, this will be a series. But I wanted to, to just kind of stick with what I've known all the time when it comes to handicapping these type of situations. I love going against the team that went through a grueling seven-game series, especially on the road. That like, whew, okay, you had that great moment. You, there's no way you're going to be able to match it. You automatically have the letdown, especially against a rested team. And I know a lot of people buy into that theory, and but some people were kind of taken back by that theory because well, the Nuggets were off so long, and you know, okay, it's okay if you're off four or five days, but if you're off ten days, throw that out the window. Uh, so I did. I went back to that last night, and um, 
got involved in Denver. Of course, I did it on, on a <laughs> teaser. All right. Um, but, uh, you know, lane nine, I really wasn't that worried about it. Our good friend Scott Spritzer was on that last night as well, too. Lane the nine, it, it, it made sense for this situation. But just because Denver rolled to a double-digit victory, I'm still not saying that this is going to be a sweep or it's not going to be that. Miami's going to win their games. But this was a perfect scenario, I felt, for the Nuggets to win game number one. It played out that way. What did you do with the game? Yeah, I didn't do anything uh, with the clients last night on the game because the line just kept going up and up and up. And everybody was thinking the same way as far as Denver in the huge advantage. Now, one of the things about Denver is as good as Denver's been all year, they've lacked a little bit of respect, I think, in the series that they've been in, especially the last one against the Lakers. Everybody was giving the Lakers, you know, a lot of love in that one, and LeBron and, you know, the experience factor. But this is a team that's deep. And to throw in another angle uh, where you talk about, you know, rest versus rust, and then is Miami going to be tired? They not only had to go from that grueling series, they had to go play in the altitude. That's another factor, you know, that went into it. So, Personally, I did just a couple, you know, some fun bets, uh, hooked up a couple uh, money line parlays with Denver last night, and uh, I'll have a couple more on Sunday. I know a lot of people are going to look to come back uh, with Miami in game two, but we've talked about it all through these playoffs, and man, have they been, it's been good. I don't want that road team in game two of the playoffs. It's, it's been a dominant angle for the last five years in the NBA, and until it reverses itself, you know, a you got to look at it and ride it. Now, granted, there'll be a lot of people that'll go zigzag uh, theory and expect Miami to bounce back just because they're a good dog and the fact that everybody thinks this is going to be a deep series. I am going to be one of those guys that do that. And, and, and the reason being, um, for everything you said, Miami's a solid team. You know, Miami came into this series winning game number one on the road as a decisive underdog in every one of these series. You go to Milwaukee, they won game one on the road. They go to New York against the Knicks, which I just felt they were a better team. Uh, they beat them in the Garden on the road. And in the Boston series in the Eastern Conference Final, they win game one on the road. Denver's a different beast. Okay, The home record, which I talked about, the altitude, like we've talked about all week, and then the fact is that the Denver Nuggets are the number one seed and clearly the best team in the West. And you can probably make the argument the, the best team you know you know in the entire postseason this year uh so not surprised there but i will take miami in game two because you're going to be getting just as much value as we normally see we usually see a team that is favored by this and then the line is brought down a little bit so it's really right around the same spot eight and a half even though it closed at nine but let's remember this Game one opened at minus eight. So it's it's right there. They haven't made that adjustment like, okay, for the bounce back theory, the zigzag that, uh, you know, Miami, you know, we're, 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 we're going to take that into account and we're going to lower the line. I thought the line might come down. It might be like seven and a half or something like that. But nope, they, they stuck at eight and a half. It'll probably, you know, maybe it'll end up at nine again. But here's why I like Miami, because you've got the extra day rest as well. Like we mentioned, the Thursday through the Sunday, you have more of that time to get acclimated to the altitude, but more importantly, you've got that extra day to really focus in, figure out what you did wrong, get that body right, and Miami has shown that they are used to backs against the wall mentality. So I think they come in, I think they cover 
the eight and a half on Sunday in game two would not surprise me if they win the game outright. You can get plus 300 on that. And the reason why I say that is because that's what they've done in covered double-digit sp- spreads or, or near-double-digit spreads in every time they've been uh, on the road in this series, and they've won games outright. So for me, it's a great value play. They're going to be rested. They're going to be better. They are not going to be so reliant on the three. They're not going to shoot a poor percentage from the field and from three like they did last night. You're not going to get their stars. They're turning in just bad shooting performances. That's not going to happen. Everything suggested that was going to happen last night. But with a team like this that is that good, it's not going to repeat itself. Miami is going to win some games in this series. And you know what, Marco? It might be just one of these games. And this is what I was thinking before the series started. This is a home home team series. So Denver may win tomorrow night. I'll still take my shot with Miami in, in, in covering the number. But Den- but Miami's going to win some games at home. And it wouldn't surprise me this thing is 2-2 after 4. Yeah, I know a lot of guys, <clears throat> there's different props out there that you can play if you don't want to play. You know, Denver was a pretty sizable favorite. So there's different things that you can try to do. You can do a... Uh, point spread on the series like you can lay minus one and a half games is a different way uh, to bet something you can bet over under on number of games and the number was five and a half do you think it's going to go over under and a lot of people were taking the over so they're obviously expecting six or seven games and I can see that but you know what I look at this and coming in I didn't want to lay the big price with Denver for the series this is I think a bad matchup for Miami, as good as they've played, let's remember the teams that they did beat to get here. You talked about the Knicks. The Knicks, that was you know that wasn't a good matchup. No, but they, but they knocked out the number one and two seeds though. They did. <laughs> but what did we do the whole playoffs? Didn't we bash Boston every round? Okay, Boston did not play well this entire postseason. Whether they were the number one seed or not, they didn't play good. Denver has not. Not played bad. Okay, they have not. They haven't played those couple bad games like everybody else has in his playoffs. This is a team. I said it all along. They were the best team all year. They were the best team coming into the playoffs, and they kind of were a little bit disrespected. Everybody was on the Golden State bandwagon. Oh, end of the season. We're we're healthy. Look out. Oh, LeBron. We made those last minute moves at the trade deadline, and we got AD and LeBron. Everybody was drinking that Kool Aid, and you know, just disrespecting Denver, in my opinion. Uh, does it go six? I could see that, but I see it four. If it goes six, I see it four to Denver. This could end up a five-game series. It very easily could. But I think you're going to get a good read after Sunday to see because there's no excuse for Miami not to show up in this game because, like I said, they have shown up. Every game, especially on the road, when they've been disrespected. And remember, that attitude of theirs that, hey, we are not going to look past anything. We're not going to get excited. We're going to never get too high. We're never going to get too low. And that's the way Miami's been. They're going to show up on Sunday. They're going to show up. But the question is, are they going to shoot the ball better? Are they going to have an answer for Jokic? That's that's the, the the big question, and like you said, a lot of people think what you think that it's a bad matchup for the Miami Heat. We've been hearing that again against Milwaukee that Giannis was going to have his way. 
We heard the exact same thing with, with Jason Tatum. Was going to have his way, and Boston's too deep. They shoot the three too well, this and that. Hey, Miami's just showed up and worked. They're not going to stop now just because they're down one game to none. And as bad as they played last night, they still had some opportunity, maybe not to win the game. They cut it to, to six and eight a couple of different times. But they were one three-pointer, one layup in the final 25 seconds in that game last night of covering, and, and our tag team partner, Scott Spicer, was pretty worried about it. Yeah, I mean, that was the most misleading 11-point win because Denver was in total control until somehow at the end of the game you you were sweating the final minute of that game. But I think that, and you talked about that they brought the line out at 8.5. Is it going to go to 9 or is it going to go to 8? The public, John Q. Public, I always talk about them, they have not bet yet. They're not betting until Sunday, okay? Maybe the, some sharps come in, you know, and they're going to grab that opening number if they have a strong opinion. But I can guarantee you, the average guys that are going to be walking into this sports book and betting on Sunday, that's the day they do it because they don't want to tie their money up until Sunday. Right. They're doing it the day of. And the sound bite that people are going to hear is all the talking heads. Well, we expected this Miami coming off that grueling series. That's the narrative. Yeah. That's what everybody's selling. And they're going to be better and rested. Well, you know what? <laughs> All of the rust, if there was any for Denver, is gone now, too. They're going to be better, too, my friend. I just, I, if you collapse and, and try to stop the Joker, he dishes the ball so, I haven't seen a big guy that gets the assist the way he does. And they go four deep on who can score. You know, Jimmy Butler didn't score a lot of points last night, but they had more of a balance offensively. This is one of those... You know, they need more from Jimmy. But if Jimmy gives them more, is that better or less? Because the other guys aren't involved. And I think the only chance they have is they got to have everybody involved on Miami scoring-wise. Jimmy Butler can't carry the whole team by himself. But I liked what I saw last night from Denver. And at times, it looked like Miami was going to get totally run out of the building. And then it got close at the end. Uh, this is a team that uh, it's theirs to lose. And when we talk about how deep the series is going to go, how many times do we say it? It's a cliche, but it's absolutely true. It's not a series until the home team loses. Mm -hmm. This is what's expected. You know, and I love when there's such such an adjustment on the series price after game one. Unless the road team steals it, mm -hmm. it is what it should have been. It, you shouldn't have the adjustment just because the home team won. That's what they were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. You look at the prior game twos of Denver's road to get here, and... They all had game one blowout victories pretty much in every one of those series. When you go to talk about the Lakers in Phoenix and um, in, in Minnesota. But in every one of those game twos, th those were close games. Okay, They were close games. And again, I, I just think you know Miami is better than those teams. And again, with that extra day's rest, which is going to be, I think, huge... Again, I believe Denver's going to win the series. But and you talk about which way people are going to bet. Okay, you thinking that people are going to come in, they're going to take those points. You know, like you said, everyone's going to come here on Sunday, John Q. Public, they love the favorite. Okay? They were betting the, the favorite. The Sharps were betting the favorite last night. The public was betting the favorite last night. That's why that line just kept going up and up and up. And everyone just says, okay, I, I don't care. I don't care if it's eight. I don't care if it's eight and a half. I don't care if it's nine. I'm betting that. And... 
as you know, the, the Janet Jackson theory, as I like to say, people remember the last thing they saw. What have you done for me lately? And I think there's going to be a lot of Denver money that's going to be out there, including yours, it sounds like. And I'm just saying, if there was a nice golden spot, it's there for Miami for those reasons I said in just the exact same way it was a beautiful spot for Denver in game one. I don't want to disagree with you, but I'm going to. The public's going to look at that game last night, and for all of the negative reasons... public's not betting eight seeds. They're not betting underdogs. You know that. They're looking and saying everything was against Miami Unless you last think the night. number's too high. And they're, no, they're going to say they almost covered. They're, they're not looking at... The whole body of work. They're looking at the end of the game, what they saw at the end, and Miami was one shot away from covering that spread, and that was an absolute negative situation for them last night. I think when we get to Sunday, you're going to be surprised on how many more Miami bets that are going to be coming in. That does not surprise me because that's that's where I'm going to be on it. I'll be on my plus 14 and a half. I already am. (laughs) I already am. Now, see, you don't, you don't like Miami that, plus 14 and a half on a okay, teaser? Come now, on. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you. All right. If you feel that everybody's going to bet Denver, like you no, said. No, 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 no. I did not say that. No, I said there is going to be a fraction of the people that are going to go to the window and bet the favorite, bet Denver, because of what they saw last and because they're 9-0 and in the playoffs and they're 43-7 and overall regular season and postseason at home. And just feel like they have the best home court advantage. I'm saying, what I'm saying is, you're going to get good two way action. That's what I'm thinking. And, and, see, and we'll see what John says when he, when he joins us. But again, I'm going to be on Miami. Yes, a lot of people are going to have that that same mindset as well too, because they is as bad as as they played, they did nearly cover. But and there was every reason for them not to cover and to get blown out last night, which they did. Where I was going with that is okay. if you think there's more of a chance that this line goes to nine than it goes to eight, should have waited you know, waited closer to game day to make the teaser, to get that extra. I thought about that, but I, I want to incorporate it on, on a game tonight. So, yeah. there, so there you go. There you go. So t- <laughs> take advantage of you probably figure which way I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. going with that. Oh, you know, you know, I, I can't but, figure it out. Okay. Because <laughs> a teaser, you can only tease in basketball, and there's, there's only – you know, so many games in basketball tonight. Yeah. I wonder yeah. where you're at. There's only two leagues. Yeah. Am I betting the International League? Oh, <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's not going, right? <laughs> Den, uh, Miami shot two free throws last night. A record, an NBA Finals record, where you only attempt two free throws. Reasoning being you're not getting inside. You're settling for jumpers. Some people will say, okay, this team was just out of sorts. They're fatigued, refused to get the ball inside. Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolstra said, we're going to make those adjustments. You're going to see a different Miami team, and I believe we will. But they were two for two at the free throw line, and the two for two came from the reserves. (laughs) Your starters did not go to the free throw line. How crazy is that? It, you know, you want to say, you know, a little home cooking, but like you said, it was the, the style that they played. When you're settling for outside shots and jumpers, you're not going to get to the foul line. We saw that in the Golden State Lakers series where, you know, the conspiracy theory was everybody was trying to get the Lakers to the next round. But 
Golden State wasn't driving the basketball. They were settling for threes, and you know what happens if you don't make threes. You're, you know, and you're you're not getting rebounds. It's going to be a long game, and that's what happened to Boston, and why they're not in the playoffs anymore. Miami, like, Miami reverted to Boston. They did. <laughs> they like a, they spent seven games with those guys, and oh, okay, now now we're turning into Boston. I, yeah, big mistake. I'm going to take a long, hard look at. Uh, the total tomorrow because it went under last night and I think a lot of that had to do I always say tired teams don't play defense but when you're settling for outside shots mm-hmm. tired teams don't have legs right and jump sharks are not falling if you have you you don't have your legs I think you're going to see a quicker tempo and because Denver really controlled the game last night they really didn't have to push things because right. the game was never really in doubt mm-hmm. so I think you're going to see a totally different game and with that said I might do a little zigzag total wise and I'm going to look to the over on Sunday look to the over hmm. 219 and a half big adjustment from yeah. the first game they're down it's I think it's at 214 and a half now yeah, right right Jimmy Butler 13 points last night but listen to these numbers. I mean, you had Caleb Martin with three points. The guy that was nearly the MVP or co-MVP of the Eastern Conference Finals, where he had 26, Butler had 28 in that Game 7 against the Celtics. He's 1 for 7 from the floor last night. You've got Max Strauss, 0 for 10. Did not score. Again, that's every excuse for that to happen last night. Okay, and they were just downright bad. But I will say this from a positive side for Miami. Ben Adebayo had 26 points. He was carrying the team last night. He had he had 13 he had uh, he was 13 for 25 from the floor, but he also had 13 rebounds and five assists. And then Haywood Highsmith, we talked this, we talked this week about okay, where can they get some help? Who, who is going to be the big guy or somebody that helps them? Is it going to be Kevin Love? Is it going to be uh, the guy from Turkey coming in to help them out? You know, who is that going to be? It was Highsmith last night with 18 points. So that's a good sign if you do like Miami. He's been on the back of a milk carton. Yeah. <laughs> okay, they have a sighting for, for him to get those points. So Spolster hasn't inserted him. Hasn't played him really at all. So that was, a, but again, that was because Butler wasn't doing the scoring. If you're trying to take Butler out of the out of the action, and you have to dish it to other people, it you know, it gives them more balance, and I think that's the way they have to win. But we will see. And you know, Joker last night, uh, you know, he was a bigger player dishing the ball. I mean, he made every if they if they tried to collapse on him. You know, and somebody's getting an easy look, and then when you got a big guy that can step back and drop a three, that's who he is. The I mean, way that's, he, that's why he's, he should have been the MVP for the third consecutive year because of that. That's what, he, that's what he's done. I mean, that's that's his game. He's he's phenomenal. But he gives you such nightmares defensively because what do you do hmm. if if you're drawing it up and you're going to the chalkboard? Do you want to try to limit him and let him? You know, just. Dish it off to everybody else now, and hope that those guys have an off night. When you got four guys that can score as well as Denver does, man, that makes makes things a lot easier when you're doing the X's and O's. Right. And Miami's got to make the adjustments. And we talked about this this week. You know, um, when Paul McKeskey 
was in here, and, the, and, and then Bill Cartwright as well too, saying you've got to put some bodies on this guy, and you've got to actually have one of your guys, almost kind of that sacrificial lamb, he's going to pick up a few fouls, and pick Jokic up like at half court. Just pick him up, body him up a little bit, this and that, just to, just to throw him off a little bit. Like I said, there was none of that last night. He had free reign to do whatever he wants. you know. And again, the triple-double for a guy who made his first appearance in an NBA Finals game to have a triple-double. You know there's only two guys that have done that, and the other was Jason Kidd back in 2002 when he played for the Nets. That's, uh, that's phenomenal. There's only two guys, and one of those is a seven-footer in Jokic. But, yeah, no, he's, he's phenomenal. But you have to disrupt his game, and Miami didn't do that. And you figure that Spolstra is going to be smart enough. And, again, yeah, they didn't have enough time to, to put a decent scout you know, on him and then travel and the altitude and all that stuff. That's why I said you know, that it made perfect sense. And I'm not into uh, you know, you know, laying nearly double digits you know, normally, especially in the finals. But last night, I didn't really have a problem doing it because it was the perfect situation. But now looking ahead, I just think that we are going to see um, we're, we're going to see some pretty good basketball from the Miami Heat because they can't play any worse. And these numbers that we just talked about and that effort that we saw, I'm not saying a bad effort. It wasn't. But it, again, I'm, I'm willing to give them a pass. I'm willing to give them an excuse. But it, it's... It's not going to be like that. And when the series shifts, shifts back to Miami, Miami's going to they're going to show up because Denver. We have seen Denver on the road during the course of not only this postseason, but you know, going back to the regular season, they're not as good a team at home. I mean, they're on the road as they are at home too. So Miami's still going to have their opportunities. And again, until the home team loses, it's it's right. You know, it's not a series. So right. uh, if it goes according to to the way it's supposed to be, we're looking at Denver in seven. Mm-hmm. But I I just think that they're they're too good. I don't see me. I don't see Miami winning this series. To me, it's just a question of it's if it's going to be five, six, or seven. I games. agree. Denver's the better team. It's their year. Um, you know, again, last night. Not a surprise at all. They are the better team. Uh, will it? I'm just saying. I, I don't. I'm not thinking it's a sweep, or even five. I'm thinking more six or seven. We'll see what happens. But uh, I was just warning people: don't get caught up just because you saw a blowout last night, uh, especially with this team. All right, we come back. John Murray's going to join us, and the executive director of the, uh, the the Superbook here. We'll talk to him about that. we got VGK on our mind because we are a little bit more than 24 hours away from Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals, circa back to 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're looking forward to that, where the Golden Knights are the favorite in this series. So we'll talk about that. We'll handicap that. We've got some baseball to talk about next hour as well. Glad to have everyone with us here live at the Superbook inside the Westgate Las Vegas. Hi, this is Lonnie Jordan from the band War, and you are listening to T.C. Martin. And now I forgot what he told me to tell you. He's lying to you all. He's lying. A little Lonnie Jordan, a little war. Oh, yeah. Feeling good here on a Friday on National Donut Day. And Marco D'Angelo just can't keep his hands off the donuts. That's okay. You can take a couple home, my friend. Totally fine. You know, John Murray joins us now. He knew it was National Donut Day. Guess everybody knew. Except you. Except me. There you go. (laughs) The only foodie didn't know this. The only foodie. I like me some donuts, though. No doubt about it. John, what is happening, my friend? 
Not much, guys. Uh, ready for tomorrow. I don't ready believe for, you. What do you mean not much? Tomorrow? I mean, I think everything's happening. Every, every day is so busy, they're all just kind of the same. They'll kind of run run together. Uh, but, yeah, the Stanley Cup Finals tomorrow. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay. Are That's you good. attending? No, no. I'm not going to. I'll try to go to game five. Okay. Uh, the ticket prices are pretty cheap, man. They're pretty expensive. Excuse okay. Me. Uh, I, don't, I can't afford to do that. Marco, you going? I might look at later in the series, but I'm not going to one or two. Well, I, I think game five is going to be the play, but then if the Knights are up three games to one, yeah. then it won't won't work out. But mm-hmm. game, one's too, game one's Saturday night, it's too much. Too much, huh? It's too much. All right. Let's uh, talk about uh, where the money's going and all that. Uh, the Stanley Cup Finals. The Golden Knights back to the finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, you've been around here long enough, and Marco has as well, too. I've been saying just during this whole playoff run, I just, it's kind of deja vu. And even though the Golden Knights were not the number one seed in you know the 2017-2018 season, they were a phenomenal uh, story and an underdog. And you were I playing they against were the number one seed. You know, they weren't. You were playing against. They were in the West. They were in the West. In, in 18, you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, they were they, but they were an underdog to oh yeah they were, in we, Washington. I just yeah. remember that because we lost yeah. so much money on them winning the Pacific Division. Yeah, right. We Shocking. got yeah. blasted on that. And that right. was like the worst thing of all mm. was how much we lost on the division. Is it would have been worse if they would have won the yeah. whole well, thing yeah, because they, you yeah, had all those they futures. Did, yeah. But like the thing that we actually paid out the most money on, I'm pretty sure it was the division. Yeah. We also had a prop that they'd be ten to one to make the playoffs. We got crushed on that. For whatever reason, the conference, we did lose, obviously. Hmm. But it didn't, uh, less people were betting the conference. I think they were betting the playoffs because that was like something that they thought could potentially win. Hmm. And then the Stanley Cup because they thought it could be like a, a token, a memento. Yeah. Uh, they, they didn't bet the conference too hard. Okay. So does this Golden Knights run in this postseason as we approach game one of the Stanley Cup finals at T-Mobile Arena? Is there a resemblance to six years ago? Not betting-wise. Betting-wise is not even close. Uh, if you remember that season, early in the year, they were winning every home game. And every home game, we would just get flooded with VGK money. And whenever they covered the, the puck line, the goal line, we would just get buried. That is that is not as bad as it was five years ago. Uh, no, it really, it's totally different, I think. Uh, the betting... Now that they're not this huge long shot anymore, the liabilities aren't there, the public money is not there as much. People are not as quick to bet on a team at ten to one as they were at five hundred to one. The the general pu- <laughs> yeah. the general pump. And for the most part, this entire playoffs, we talked about it with Jay last week, the Sharps power rankings always had Vegas a, a notch below in all of these yes. series leading up in here. So yeah, the true. Sharps were taking the other side. So actually you know, that had to help to some degree. But if you seriously look at it, I know Florida beat Boston, who was the number one. But after that, their road was much easier sure. than the road that the Knights took. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree with that. But you got to give Florida some credit. I mean, they sweeping Carolina was pretty impressive. Right. And they, I think they beat Toronto 4 1. They yeah. did. They beat them in five. VGK yeah. had a tougher road, to your point. But. Let's not let's not write them off. We're going through Boston, Toronto, and Carolina, and the last two series like a buzzsaw. Pretty the, impressive. The goaltending for yes. Florida has been absolute. I, I mean, can he continue that going into this series? Mm-hmm. This will be the best offense 
offensive team that they faced. I know sure. Boston was good, but we got all four lines. There's there's no real soft spot on this, this team. It's just like great, good, all right, and okay. Most teams don't get past their se- you know their second line and into the third. We saw that in the Edmonton series, and we saw it at the beginning of the Dallas series. The first few games, they weren't getting anything other than their top line. But on the flip side of that, the Golden Knights have not faced anybody like Barofsky. Right Nobody. Now, no. I mean, you know, no. Winnipeg, Edmonton, and, and, and Dallas with, with Odinger, forget yeah. about it. And this guy has the, the ability to to carry this team on his shoulders. I mean, this guy's a pro. I mean, he's been around, We, you know. Uh, you know, two-time award winner. I mean, this this guy's the best that they've seen, and you know he's he's well rested. They're ready to go. And I'm with you, John. I've been saying, Florida's no joke. And no. so many fans out there, and even media people are, are, are thinking that they're already planning the parade. <laughs> you know, where you know for for Las Vegas Boulevard. You know, kind of like what the Aces did last year, and they go, oh, okay, now this is it. This is the night. are granted, they got home ice advantage, but Florida. You know, they just have that mindset that, uh, hey, us against the world mentality, they got a great coach, they got a great, uh, you know, uh, uh, goaltender, you got uh, Kachuk. I mean, goalie is the one yeah. one guy on a team that can steal a series. Mm-hmm. Sure. And he has, he has played he, unbelievable. And the Knights won, what, two the first two games of the Dallas series in overtime? Yeah. Uh, that's her, and, and Florida did the same thing. But uh, it just there's a very fine line in the NHL. Uh, and the the fact that the series price is Knights minus 130, that should tell you all you need to know. We talked right. about this before the first round. I talked about how, look at how Boston is only like a $3 favorite against right. Florida. Yeah. NHL series, anything can happen. Yeah. Florida wouldn't have even made the playoffs if it hadn't been for Marco's team. <laughs> I know. <laughs> gifting them a spot, and now here they are getting ready to play in the Stanley Cup final. Huh. It just shows you the, the NHL is not like the NBA. It doesn't have that separation Mm-hmm. And Absolutely, agree. anything could happen in this series. Yeah, and sure, could Bobrovsky steal the series? Yes, he could. Yeah. In their surprise only, me at all. They're only two years removed from having the best record in hockey. You go back right. to the, the yeah. season before. I know. You know, so yeah. Did people expect them to be here? No. And unfortunately, Penguins losing to Detroit and in Chicago, right? in Chicago yeah. on the final two games <laughs> of the season. They controlled their their own destiny. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't go well. Or the Penguins would be here right now. Yeah. Or it'd be Penguins nights. No, right? Penguins would have lost. Yeah. Boston. <laughs> I would have got swept. First right? round, no, no question about that. But it broke that long streak that the Penguins had. The uh, Golden Knights, a dollar thirty favorite uh, here in the series. Mm-hmm. What kind of money are you seeing on that? Seeing a decent amount of Florida money. You know, yeah. like I think Jay said it last week on the show, but we're seeing it for this round. I mean, we're seeing people betting against VGK. We took a lot of money on the Star Series price in the Western Finals, and Edmonton was like our biggest future liability in the Western Conference. So the players are not shying about going against VGK right now. I'm not sure why that is, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know. There's uh, we're, Look, we're going to be better if... Florida wins. There's more money on VGK, but it's nothing like it was a few years ago, where it was just all Golden Knights all the time. Is that series price a, a little bit short, considering you know the public behind the Golden Knights, the number one seed West facing the eighth seed in the East? Wouldn't you think that that number would be a little bit higher for the series? You would think so, but you know we look at the numbers here in Vegas, and then I also keep an eye places far, far away where the number's at. And 
again, the Sharps and the guys with, you know, the analytics just don't rate Vegas as high as their record is. They and haven't done it all year. And we don't look at seeding yeah. in hockey much. No. It just it just doesn't really factor in. It really doesn't factor in too much on the NBA side either. But but it does factor in again who has home ice advantage. Yes, it does. And, and I think you know that's really you know where it is. In that's true. Every series, the big question mark has been: Is the Golden Knights' goal you know goaltending going to hold up? You know, and we started with Broussois. We know what happened there. And Aiden Hill has been, he's been, I mean, let's face it. He's been the best, the most consistent player. And half of the goals that he's given up in that last series were either off a turnover or a fluky bounce, you know, back of the net, hit hit somebody, you know, in the back and fall into the, it's been fluky. But can he do that for one more? And as we said, there's no nobody's going to benefit more from this playoff run than Aiden Hill as a free agent at the end of the season. And we know that uh, the Golden Knights went through five, you know, goalies during this this run. These two teams haven't played each other. You know, the most recent one was in March, you know, three months ago, and then before that they played in January. Believe it or not, Aiden Hill was in the goalie in both of those games. Which when I went back to look at this, I was a little bit surprised because you would think it would be, you know. One or the other four guys besides him. Exactly. (laughs) And it was Hill. And those two games, you go back to March the 7th, Florida won 2 1. January 12th, the Golden Knights won 4 2. And in that 4 2 win, the Golden Knights, that game really was a a little bit different than the final score indicated. The Golden Knights got three goals in the third period. That had come from behind in that. But yeah, Hill was in in goal in, in both those games. Whether that means anything or not it, it helps him it helps uh, you know the knights or florida now they know what they're shooting against but i think that's one of the most intriguing things that i think that we see too when you know you're talking about the stanley cup finals that you know you, you, there's not that familiarity with that opponent because of the proximity and you know only playing twice during the course of the regular season and two teams that frankly kind of didn't expect to be there right in Mark Stone definitely was not in the second game. I don't know if he was in the I first believe he, game. Yeah, he missed both, from what I remember. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that's another you know, big point. Yeah. I mean, you can't discount how much him coming back has meant. You know, remember after the first game, yeah. everybody was screaming, why did they put him in the line? You know, give the guy a break. Where would they be right now? And mm-hmm. it's, again, the four lines, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. All right. What about uh, from game number one, John? What are you seeing? We're, you know, just about twenty-four hours away. The Golden Knights are about a dollar thirty-five for dollar thirty-five favorite in game one. Total what five and a half again? We're there. That that magic number. You're going to get a lot of parlays with VGK over the next twenty-four or thirty hours. I think mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll need Florida when the game starts, but mm-hmm. nothing sharp to report side or total. Mm-hmm. Not yet. Most of the money on that mm-hmm. yesterday was all about the basketball game. Yeah. Today's been a little quiet. Tomorrow, everyone's focus is going to shift to the Stanley Cup Final. There you go. John Murray joins us here, the executive director of the Superbook. Let's talk NBA Finals. Denver wins by 11 last night, 104-93. You know, that number came into play at the end last oh, night. Oh, I know it did. <laughs> and, uh, and that was a hell of a play by that kid for, for, for Miami. He did a great job. That yeah. Jovic, great job. Just drove in, just yeah. lost the ball out of bounds. Hey, the game's oh, over. There it is. It looked like Denver was ready to do this, put their hands up and and, and give them an uncontested one. So Miami wasn't going to foul. Yeah. yeah. So it would have been nice to at least get a look at the rim. Yeah. But uh, what are you going to do? Yeah. Whenever you're watching a game like that, and you know, you got to decide a big 
position on the game like that and you miss something like that? Are, are you like everybody else? Do you want to you want to throw a remote at the TV? No, I was a uh, no, you know, because I was at a bar. They would have made me pay for it. Yeah, they frown. Uh, they frown on that. But uh, no, I was. Well, you know, in, in those situations, like you just want to look at the because look, Miami should not have covered. Denver should have covered. Denver right. betters deserve to win. Right. But yeah, it would have been nice for us to get a look at the hoop. <laughs> you know, just one three pointer for the cover. Well, remember the possession before they nailed push. a three to, yeah, to, yeah. to get it down to that. And like, well, they, ooh, wow. But my, Denver, I think that final score was misleading. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Denver won that game really without breaking a sweat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that Miami opened the fourth quarter with an 11 nothing run, and yeah. then Denver put the. Put the smack down again. I mean, they they, they won that game very very easily. Mm-hmm. It looked like a one seed playing an eight yeah. seed. Yeah. And I'm gonna guess you had a lot of action on the under. I know a lot of sharps were we, on the under. We last did. Night. There, there was a lot of that, but we, we had a lot of big big like house players on Denver. That was really our swing. We actually need Denver in the futures. Mm-hmm. So if we could have had Denver win and not cover, that would have been our best case scenario because mm-hmm. we do want Denver to win the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did have a good amount of total action, but a lot of money on Denver for the game. A lot of Miami first half money. Yeah. I remember that it was a lot of Miami plus five and a half first half. Really good volume, much better than I thought because I thought with uh, I thought with Boston somehow losing that series that the finals wasn't going to get a ton of handle. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think Miami Denver would do the, the business it did last night. So. I, think, I think it's two things. One, it's the NBA Finals and pretty much, you know, the only game that's happening. Yeah. You know, all, all these standalone games on, on the, uh, in the NBA Finals. But I think the way Miami won and with that other series, the Denver series being over, Miami got so much, you know, primetime television. And you watched how they beat Boston as an underdog mm-hmm. and the way Jimmy Butler played and kind of willing that team. I think Miami became kind of a feel-good story here, and it really kind of brought the public into, hmm, I, I'm, I'm interested in this series now. And, you get, I mean, the way they're playing up Jimmy Buckets, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. That's their selling point for Miami. Question for how much more liability do you guys have in Colorado? With Actually, that you know what? We win. We uh, we win in Colorado on the Nuggets. Seriously, uh, you know we we just our guys the whole year thought Denver was the best team in the West and Boston was the best team in the East. We thought that from the start to finish, we booked everything accordingly. Uh, Boston versus Denver was an absolute grand slam for us if we could have got it. Mm-hmm. That's why that game on Monday, I just I couldn't <laughs> even believe what I was watching. <laughs> Uh, but we've we've talked about it. We've seen it before with this Boston oh, team, we, right? I know. And, you know, Miami, like I heard you guys talking a little bit when I walked up on set, Miami's really in a lot of ways been better on the road. Yeah. You know, when, when I don't think Denver's going to have any problem going into Miami. I think they can win those games. I think they'll be favored in those games. I mean, can you, can you believe that Miami beat Boston in the previous round going one and two on their home floor? Right. That doesn't even make that doesn't even seem possible. If, well, if Denver wins tomorrow or Sunday, you're going to get all of the Miami action for Game Three. Oh yeah, Game Three. It'll be like uh, yeah, for sure. They'll all bet. That'll be the one time where Miami won't be like a big underdog. Yeah. If they're down 0-2, they'll be betting first quarter, first half, sure. full game. Mm-hmm. You'll get but the people whole need to stop us. doing that though because the, the, the value's gone. <laughs> the market has adjusted to that. Everyone knows that's coming. But I mean, they, they, they still people, do it. I know they do. They will. <laughs> John, what about the props situation? And I know that a very popular one is Jokic: total points, yeah. rebounds, and assists. Right. He ends up what with you know, 
over 51 and a half, you know, la, you know, la, last night. And that seems like that's kind of the number that's going to be each and every game. Do you get much action on that? We do. We, we, you know, we have all these influencers, media types in, in Colorado and Denver, and they'll send in their request for a bet for us to offer at the Superbook in Colorado, and then they'll do a video for social media for us to promote. And I told the guys in, like, the second round, I don't want to see any more Jokic triple-double. <laughs> Just think of something else. Right. You know, you want to do Jokic triple-double? No. <laughs> Come up with another idea. Because it's like, it's like the guy gets a triple-double without even breaking a sweat. <laughs> uh, I've never really seen anything quite like him. He, he never makes a mistake with the ball. He always does the right thing. He always puts his teammates. I even noticed this one play last night where somebody from Miami missed a really bad long shot. And Jokic was the only guy on the baseline. He could have grabbed the ball. He let it go out of bounds. Like he didn't even care about getting the rebound. He just stood there and he just let it go out of bounds. And then he grabbed it and inbounded it. And I, I found, like, no one, the announcers didn't say anything, but I found that fascinating. This guy really doesn't care about his stats. He could have, most players would have grabbed that ball just to grab a rebound. And he actually let, went like this just to let it go out yeah. of bounds. Team player. He really is. Yeah. He still got his triple double. <laughs> he, he did. Oh, I know he still got it. But he didn't know that at the time. Yeah. Two nineteen and a half. You guys talked about the total. You know that was it. You know last night flew under, uh, big time. What do you think uh, happens in game number two? Well, it's hard. To, it's hard to think that Miami could ever shoot that poorly from three again. So, and how much of adjustment did you make from this thing going way under two nineteen yeah. and a half for game two? Well, because you don't want to over adjust too much because I, I don't want to overreact too much to one game. But Miami missed a lot of open threes, a lot of really good looks. You know, the game the game was so fast. Like the game was over at seven forty five last night because there, nobody got to the free throw line. I think that that was a was a fluke. I don't think we'll see that again in the series. Miami's going to make a point to go to the basket in game two, but I just I know the narrative is okay. Miami shot so poorly and they only lost by eleven. I think Denver never really hit the gas. I, it looked to me like they were just cruising yeah. along. That's why I'm like I said. I already told you I'm looking at the over, but I'm also looking at the Denver team total over because. They weren't. They did. They they took their foot off the gas. Oh, the game was never did. in doubt. And as far as the full game total, like you said, they Miami only went to the line twice. Yeah. Okay, they're going to make a con. That's one thing they got to change. They got to get the ball. Try to go to the hoop. You know, drive the lane to make things. If it's not there, you can kick it back out. But you got to try to get fouls, and that's going to be points when the clock's not moving, which we did not see last night. Um, I know you guys had to adjust it off of such a lopsided low score but because that's how they're going to bet from 219 to 214 and a half that that's a big adjustment and i and i I totally agree with you i think denver took their foot off the gas denver has another gear they didn't need it to win game one well they showed that gear in the first half they put up 59 Mm -hmm. and you know they wanted to come out you know with that altitude and they wanted to push the pace which they're famously which they do all the time they're known as a up tempo team but you're right only 45 points in the second half cuz they were content with playing more against the clock you know shuttling bodies in and out and i think they knew that you know they had that game after the big spurt in the third quarter i wonder a little bit if jimmy butler is running out of gas i mean he yeah. i know that the big narrative is that he carried this team to the finals and he did carry them through the first few series but you know, Martin was really uh, equally with him, equally key to their their win in the last round. 
Butler played really poorly in game six on that game on Saturday night in Miami. He did not play well at all last night. I, he is 33 years old, which I know because of LeBron, we don't think 33 is old because yeah. LeBron is like an alien from another <laughs> universe. But 33, he does. Jimmy Butler does have a lot of miles on his time. He does. He does. He's played that, a lot of minutes. And, and that's why I think the game being Sunday, you know, go from Thursday night to, to Sunday night, I think that bet, that's going to help Butler. And that's why I think Miami will, will come within that number. That is a good point. That I mean, I think one of the things that really hurt the Lakers against Denver was they played it every other day. Yeah. And you could see in every game that LeBron by the fourth quarter was exhausted. Yeah. And I, the NBA Finals is spaced out. Mm. That does definitely favor Miami. He is John Murray, the executive director here of the Superbook. Our boy Corner Gay is uh, on vacation again, or what? He's business? No, no. Where is he? he, he, he I don't, Jay never takes. Uh, this time he's actually on vacation for real. Okay. Usually when he's gone, he's at he's at, he's working, you know. But yeah. this time he's on a golf trip with his friends. Oh boy. This time it's actually a vacation. So. He left. When's your vacation? Uh, I have a family vacation at the end of this month. Okay. Uh, but next week I will be out of town for my buddy's wedding. All right, man. All right, my friend. Then we'll see you in a couple weeks. How's that? Yeah, I'll be here. <laughs> okay, brother. Appreciate it. He is John Murray. And uh, get on over here to the uh, Superbook. Get ready for the action tomorrow night. It is game one of the Stanley Cup Finals. We'll talk more about that in hour number two. We'll also touch a little bit more on the NBA Finals game number two coming your way uh, on Sunday night for that. But like we said, we're looking forward to the Fortress, the opener, game one tomorrow night as the Golden Knights take on the Florida Panthers. More on that. And also, a little Major League Baseball. Marco and I are going to talk about some games that we got circled for tonight. So we'll dive into that and a whole lot more on this fabulous Friday at the Sportsbook, the Superbook, here at the Westgate Las Vegas. Martin banks it off. Sutter is up with it there. Right around it, Brett. Capital of the world. Leading goal scorer on the team threw one at Brent It's the TC Martin Show. A tie game on the power play. Hodgson was at the front of the net. They are even. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. A power play goal by the captain. TC Martin. It's brushed on back by Richard Fox. Right up front. Younger fan inside of the net. Score! The doctor is now in. Hour number two here inside the world-famous Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. It is the T.C. Martin Show, of course, streaming live, tcmartinshow.com. And if you don't listen to the show live, catch it anytime, anywhere under the podcast section at the website, tcmartinshow.com, or, of course, anywhere else, wherever you get your podcast. T.C. along with Marco D'Angelo from wagertalk.com, one of our handicapper extraordinaires, and our bookend guy, Marco here every Monday and Friday with us. And, of course, each and every Friday we are here at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the Superbook. I want to thank John Murray for the executive director joining us uh, last hour. And we continue on this hour talking more NBA Finals, game one in the books, game number two, coming your way on Sunday. Maybe a little differing opinion between Marco and myself uh, with that. But there are some commonalities there as well, too, as we both like the Denver Nuggets. I both felt that the Denver Nuggets were going to win uh, game one last night. I believe, you know, cash and tickets uh, for game one. We'll see what happens in the rest of the series. And then, obviously, here in Las Vegas, it is that time. 
the Stanley Cup Finals are back. Six years later, it is back. It is here. The Golden Knights are in it. Uh, maybe somewhat of a surprising opponent, but if you see how well this team has played during the course of the postseason, the Florida Panthers, really not much of a surprise. They have been just downright fantastic. Just the way the Miami Heat have, you know, with the upsets in the opening round, knocking off number one seeds, both uh, in the NBA and the NHL. But uh, the Miami Heat, no joke. The Florida Panthers, no joke. But I firmly expect, Marco, that the Florida Panthers are going to come in here fired up uh, to play tomorrow night. We'll have all the pomp and circumstance. Golden Pipes will be, uh, you know, singing the anthem. And uh, looking forward to, to all of that. We'll not hear a Canadian anthem, you know, tomorrow. So we just got the one, which is great. But uh, looking forward to game number one tomorrow night inside the fortress. And, you know, fortunate enough to, to be in that building for all of the games when the Golden Knights played the Washington Capitals. It's going to be a very exciting time for for those uh, of us that can be in that building and fans as well, too. So uh, what, are, what, are your, what, what are your thoughts as we are 24 hours away from game number one? I, I like Vegas for the series. Uh, they had, Like I said, they're being priced worth no respect. Uh, but Florida, the goaltending scares me. I We've seen it time and time again. You get a goaltender who gets hot at the right time. He can carry a team on his back, and he has done that. All those games have been low-scoring, you know, defensive battles. Uh, we've got more firepower, so I'm I'm hoping that you know when they when they come here and we're able to play five on five a little bit, you know, open the game up a little more, put pressure on them. I don't want I don't want to see us play. The two-one type games, uh, which was a lot of the games that we saw with Dallas, because this goaltender is too good. We need to make him uncomfortable, and that means spreading the ice, getting you know, getting some breakouts, getting some two-on-one breaks, and get the puck to the net. I, that's you know, it sounds simple, like that one commercial. That, remember they did during the season, the shots, shots. Right, you know, right. We need shots. <laughs> Sergey Bobrovsky, uh, phenomenal. And for the casual hockey fan, casual Golden Knights fan, this is not a foregone conclusion just because the Knights have home ice, they're the number one seed in the West. And you look at the, uh, the Panthers, we're seeded eighth coming in here, throw that out the window. As we know, hockey, anything can happen. But when you have a hot goaltender, which the Florida Panthers do, watch out. Marco, this guy has had two games. <laughs> Where he had at least 50 saves. He had 50 saves in, in, in one game, 63 in, in another. Now, that was the quadruple overtime yeah. game. But I don't care. 63 saves. That is phenomenal. This guy's a Russian international. This guy's a, a you know, a, um, two-time award winner in between the pipes. He literally is one of the best, and in my opinion, the best goaltender that the Knights have seen in this postseason. Right. Eight of the last nine games, they've given up two goals or less. <laughs> Eight of the last nine. In the one that they didn't, yeah. they, oh my, they gave up three. Yeah. <laughs> and Florida is nine and one in their last ten games. Yeah. Nine and one. Well, you They're know, no joke. It's, it's going to be interesting. Um, the Aces put a little pressure on Vegas now because, the, the, you know, we want Steve, the city of champions. I, I got to, uh, you know, live through the 70s in Pittsburgh where we had 
two uh, World Series and four Super Bowls in in a, in a span. So it's it's fun thing to to have, and, and if they could pull it off, I think the Golden Knights. Uh, <laughs> The Golden Knights parade will be just a tad bigger than the Aces was. And that's the thing, though. And I'm not saying it's just because I'm part of the organization. It shouldn't be a comparison. I mean, people were saying, like, hey, well, the Aces were the first team to, to you know, win a professional championship in the city, first one to have the parade, this and that. But no one was pounding their chest with that. And then for people to say that, you know, oh, Golden Knights, you know, that parade's going to be bigger than that. Well, of course it is, but it, it, there should not be a comparison. A parade is a parade. A championship is a championship. Championship ring is a championship ring. And, you know, uh, again, it's it's totally different. I mean, you could look at it, the aspect, well, is basketball more popular than hockey? Well, of course it is. You know, it doesn't matter if it's men's or women's. You know, basketball, we're talking about a league that's been around for 27 years. People, you know, there was you know, big concern. Well, how is hockey going to go over here in Vegas? And then an expansion team and this and that. And, you know, it's great. They have their audience. Aces have their audience. Uh, you know, UNLV has their audience. The Raiders have their audience, you know, it, and it's great for the whole city to come together, cross promote and, and celebrate. But it is a little bit irritating when you're hearing people that want to like try to try to compare and make it a contest. The only difference in, in why, there's so much popularity for the Knights, and you have to admit this, is because we got the team from scratch. Right. We didn't inherit another team that moved cities. This is Vegas, you know, and the pun, Vegas-born, but it, it's true. And that's why I think it's going to be more fulfilling for the city. You know, nothing against the Aces, because, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan, but... It's just it's not the same comparison. Yeah, as far as I don't even know that there should even be a comparison, though. I mean, that's my, my point. I just it doesn't. You can say, hey, this is the parade. Hope it happens. It happens. Great. Don't. I mean, it doesn't even deserve to be a comparison because anytime you start doing comparisons, you're you're throwing a negative connotation on that. Which you know, the aces don't deserve a, a negative connotation. You didn't hear the aces or, or aces fans or. People in the organization throwing shade at the Raiders or throwing shade at, uh, at at the Golden Knights. I mean, no. I mean, you see the cross promotion. You go to Golden Knights games. You see Asia Wilson cranking the siren and Chelsea Gray on on, on the board and Kelsey Plum and all that stuff. And I think they've done a great job between the organizations to support each other. It'd be nice if if fans and media did the exact you know same thing. But you know, I'll say this to what you just said. You know. It's not just because they're a homegrown expansion team. No, it's because they won. It's because they had that uh, amazing season in their inaugural season of 2017-2018. They were winners. If they came out here and, and they won 20 games or 25 games like many people pr- predicted, it'd be okay. It's fun. It's cool to go to the games. You know, it's a, it's a party. Okay, but, oh, yeah, we're having fun. It's a party. And they're winning. Oh, we got Marco Andre Fleury. We got these other guys that now we've you know we've come to know. And wow, we're going to the Stanley Cup final. I mean, it's pretty cool. And then now you've built that that foundation, and then you follow up with another postseason run and another postseason run. This and that. So this team has been good to their credit. You know, from day one they got here. I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to give you an ex- example to give the other view yeah. of that. This win would be more satisfying, in my belief, because we grew it from scratch. 
go to the year that the Florida Marlins won the World Series. How many people in Florida feel great about that championship? When they blew, they bought everybody that year for the one year, and then they blew the team up immediately following winning a World Series. You know, I I think of the line from Rounders where KGB says, you know, are you feel satisfied now? (laughs) You come in for a quickie? You know, yeah. It's Look at you. You feel so strong. Strong like bull. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'll give you that yeah. one. Yeah. I do pretty good on my impressions, you know? Yeah. So that's that's <laughs> the kind of difference that I that I'm I'm looking at. That this this was grown as you're trying to rip my headphones off here. <laughs> you give me you're talking about Teddy, Teddy KGB and rounders and all that. So that's that's you know smoke filled poker room, you know, down in the dungeon that. there. I love that. You know, no no question. Hey T. Yes. Getting back to what Marco said, mm-hmm. does that mean that we need this? I think we just got it. We got it. Yeah, there you go, man. <laughs> Assist Chuck. There you go. Set it up. Now, I'm look, looking forward to uh, game one tomorrow night. It's going to be uh, very exciting. A little different feel, though. You, you go back to 2018, and again, the comparisons are, 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 are fair you know, compare that run to this run because that's the last time, and, and people remember that. There's going to be a lot of people of the 18,000 plus in the building. It'll be a lot of the same people, you know, because they've been those season ticket holders from day number one. But that was Alexander Ovechkin, yeah. and it was the Caps who, you know, they were knocking on that door, you know, every year. And now you got this Florida Panther team, which Again, an expansion team, much before the Knights, but still, same vein. And when you talk about, you know, like John Murray was talking about, you know, television ratings or betting handle and that sort of thing, man, I I do not see this being a television bonanza with these two teams. I mean, if you were in Philadelphia or Boston or, you know, Dallas, Chicago or up in Canada, are you watching this series? I think... Yeah, we're a little skewed because we're here. Okay? We're here, but I'm gonna try, you know, put that, you know, take yourself out of out of this bubble. With that said, though, how when we didn't make the playoffs last year, how all the other teams kind of side. Can't be objective there. It's a we again. Okay. It's always the we. <laughs> well, how about okay. they? Can you substitute they for we? No. I dare you. I double dare you. I paid for season tickets. It's a week. <laughs> that that earned me a right for. A but week. you're not going tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is a bad time. This yeah. is a situation yeah. though, when you when you have that, and it's in our building, and everybody is anticipating it, but the public outside of Vegas kind of we're like the hated team because we had it so easy. The other. How many people? Who's the hated? Everybody. Who who is saying they're the hated team? I don't hear Chicago Blackhawk or Pittsburgh Penguins fans or Boston Bruins fans. We hate the Golden Knights. You saw San Jose, maybe. When they didn't make the playoffs last year, most of the league was happy because they did not. I think that narrative is driven from here. Maybe it is, but I think I think it's true. Let's face it, our town has become such a sports town. Where you know so many different events outside of the you know our Vegas teams, people are coming here. It, I think it's going to be a good, good showing TV wise. Not what it would have been, obviously, having the Boston market in there, or even you know 
God forbid, if Toronto ever advanced, right. to the, you know, would advance to Montreal or yeah, Toronto, yeah. somebody like that, yeah, Th- those would be huge just because you know the original six and stuff. But it, it's going to be fine. I. I'm looking forward to it. You know, we've got a lot of talent on this team. I hope that they are able to break through with the second second crack at it in six years. How do you view this from a betting perspective? Like I said last segment, I think if you like the Golden Knights, you got to feel there's value there. It, it, it minus 130 for the series, and then even you know for a game number one. Uh, again, I know we're, I'm going to say it because everyone's thinking it, and again, things are based off of the seed, you know, but still. They played well, but they're still an eight seed. You have home ice advantage. You would think that the Golden Knights would be a little bit higher priced in both the series and game one. You would think so. What I'm hoping not to see is that one of the we in every series we saw the Knights show up with one clunker. Okay, mm-hmm. they they get that one clunker game. We had it obviously the game you know against game four against Dallas. Let's see what they what they can do. Um, this is a team that it's come too easy from the expansion to here, but the new coach, the new attitude, it was a different team this year. My only concern, and I had a legitimate concern after the Edmonton series, I because everybody said that was the winner of that's going to the Stanley Cup final. You know, it was like dismissed Dallas. The fact that Dallas's coach was Pete DeBoer, that definitely erased any flatness that they might have had, okay, going against your old coach. Now you've disposed of everybody's hot team at the end of the season. Uh, As John said, that was their biggest liability to the futures market was Edmonton because a lot of people, including myself, (laughs) put a bet on Edmonton, you know, to win the Stanley Cup, you know, two months ago uh, when the price was still, you know, good and they were starting that run. But now they've had two big series. I just hope they don't have a mental letdown and say, hey, we're facing an eight seed. Hmm. They're not playing like an eight seed. Hmm. Just get that out of your mind. Talk about the style between the Dallas Stars and the Florida Panthers as far as you know the physicality of it all. We've talked a little bit, obviously, from a goaltending situation where, where Bob is so much better than Ottinger, right? But But what kind of what kind of series do you think this is? Is it rough and tough? Is it more, more open skating? What do you think? I think it's good. Florida wants to keep it the style they're playing right they now. They want these 2-1 games. They do. 3-2. 3-1 right? games. And if you remember, two years ago when we talked about they had the, be- the best record. Yeah. They're just two seasons away removed from that. That was a totally opposite team. Florida was putting up five, six goals. They were in high-scoring games. They weren't getting that goaltending. And that's what ended up being their demise when they got to the playoffs because we always talk about, you know, you're not, the teams that are playing the shootouts generally don't go all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. It becomes a defensive style. And Florida's playing it as good as anybody is right now. The benefit for the Knights is that's the style they played all year except the Edmonton series. Mm -hmm. They've played this type of style. So it's not like you know, when you're playing like a temple in basketball, when all of a sudden you got to go to a crawl and you got to readjust yourself, that's against your norm. They've played that, and the Dallas was enough of that type of series. What? There was only, what, two blowouts in, of the games. Mm-hmm. The other four were coin flips, three of the four in overtime. So 
that's a benefit for the Knights moving forward. But Florida has been sitting a long time, and we got to say, do you have the rest versus rust for them in that the first game? I would think as electric as the T-Mobile is going to be on Saturday, an interesting play might be to take VGK for first period. If that if there is that rust factor for Florida getting that for and getting their legs back because you can't simulate game speed in practice I'm sorry you just don't you don't but again you have three intense series that, that they went through and I just think that you once you get into it five six minutes into it all that's out the window you know it's a mindset you're, you're coming here you're ready to play and you're hungry you're hungry and you're ready especially a team that is oozing with confidence I can tell you and that's what the Panthers are right now. They feel that they can't lose. And when you have that anxiousness, that anxiety almost, that we could hardly wait to get out here, and they're not afraid of the Golden Knights. Again, they've seen them twice during the course of the year. You know, they're they're one and one against them. And I think they know, hey, we can be as aggressive as we pos- as, as possibly we could be because we got this great guy. We got the better guy in goal than the Knights do. Now, Aiden Hill's been fantastic, but you're talking about league-wide respect, I don't think they have that, you know, and where Bobrovsky, you know, this everybody knows what he's all about, and tell me, where did the term standing on your head come from? Because I'm really getting tired of it. It doesn't matter who's ever on this show, and we're talking hockey, they they use it, you use, used it, nothing against you, but everybody, everyone says, oh, stand on his head. He, uh, if you get a goal, it stands on his head. What do you mean stand on their head? It's probably no goalie is standing on their head. It's probably harder to block shots standing. I on would your think head. so, but you know, yeah, it's just one of those. those Where does it come things. from? I don't know. Somebody said no, it. Chuck, look that up. I mean, what Where is did that? that phrase? Come? It, yeah, it is. But it's like somebody says something and they run with it and they and they don't even know they're they're saying it. It's like you know, at the end of the day, right? End of the day, about four or five years ago, everyone says end of the day. They don't even know what they're saying, but they're going to say at the end of the day. How many times have you said whenever we're breaking down a game, there's you know more ways than one to skin a cat? Who's ever actually skinned a cat, okay? <laughs> then again, that's not me. I don't fall into those stupid cliches, especially regarding cats. I'm not a cat guy, all right? How about put the gun to your head, make a pick? I don't like that. That's <laughs> back to the negative connotation. I never say that, but, you know. Do shows with people, and they say it all the time. Put a gun. I don't want. I don't want that thought. Of a gun to the head. I'll tell you why. I've had a gun put to my head. Oh, yeah. So that's that's bad connotation. I've, I've that. you know, it, it happened younger in life, so I, I've kind of, <laughs> you know, I can look back at it now and make jokes about it, and I, and I tell stories about it. But I don't like that. <laughs> no, nobody would. Skin a cat. Seriously. But, Who is skinning cats? Is there a competition? Is that on the Ocho? I, if know, we're doing cherry seed spitting, are we are we skinning cats? Peta would show up. I'm sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, Back but, to staying on your head. Back what? to How about this though? The last thing you want to do, and we talk about it when we're doing the NFL, and we're talking about once the the bye weeks start. What do I always say? I will go against a team that went into the bye week hot. I'll go against them coming out of it. And a team that went into the bye week cold, you want to play them because they focus on it. When you're on a roll, the last thing you want is not to play. 
Okay? You want to get right back out there. You're in a rhythm. You want to keep everything going. And especially a, a goalie. Okay? No, I've never played the position. But that is timing. That is rhythm. Sitting this long can't be good for Florida. In game one. You know what I thought you were going to say when you said, as you always say during the football season, mm-hmm. I owe you another food bet. That's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I was right there with you, T. I thought, that, I, I thought that's what was going. See? There you go. You don't want to say that, though. Uh, I, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> I did not you say, say that, that a lot during football season. Do you realize that? We, we have, yeah. We have. We could bring Schrader in here, too. He'd say the same thing. Yeah, Marco does end up saying that a lot. Oh, the thing that Marco is known week. for on this show is the we and damn, I owe you another food bet. <laughs> Numchuck said he won the food bet for today's show. I do. He said that. You see, we on the on the Twitter oh, post I, today. And he I goes, answered it. Yeah. If you lose, what you got? You know, food bet's going to be you're going to have to eat a non non all beef hot dog. What? Yep. Yeah, you got. You got. I'm not me. doing that. You no, got, that's what that's uh, what the bet is. I, I, I answered on Twitter whenever Numchuck come in and said about a food bet. I said, well, I didn't see that. Well, is that what he said? An act what, 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 what happened to, to buying a, a nice meal and I want you and having a nice little you know, uh, you know friendly you conversation and the winner buying the uh, you know the loser buying the the winner a nice meal. What that's a that? win win. I want to torture He wants to win lose. You yeah. want to torture me. Uh, yeah, if I win, oh. I want to torture you. So you're yes. one of those vengeful type of guys. Oh, absolutely. Revenge, <laughs> that's an angle. We use that in handicapping. <laughs> Only against your biggest I didn't rival. I that non old beef hot dogs uh, fell into that. No, I, I don't think I would sign off into that, dude. I mean, I did I did that yesterday. You're man. going to. I did that. I took one bite. Uh, I, I went to, uh, I went to a, a place yesterday, <laughs> and they tried to sneak a, 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 a non-Vienna hot dog on me and I, I spotted it right away but I said you know what I'm I'm gonna try it because I ordered it but you know what I did I took that one bite spit it out right to the garbage went back to the manager I said this is not a VNL beef hot dog he goes yeah you're right <laughs> Can, can, I, can, can I get you something else? Absolutely, I can. You are high maintenance, my friend. <laughs> Listen, man. If you're going to advertise that you have a certain brand of hot dog, you better have it. That's it. Okay? Just like I don't want any, you know, shredded beef that comes in a can from Brazil. I'm scared to take you to my my regular spots for for you making a scene. I understand that, yeah. and I I totally respect that because yeah. I, I could do that. You could, yeah. But I would. See, here's the thing. I'll go ahead and, and point that out. That you know, if they're in the wrong, if something is overcooked or it's not presented the way that it I've is wit- on the menu, I've witnessed you. In okay, you witnessed me in action, and I'm professional about it. I've even done this in my home court. Where I've taken you and where the steak went wrong, but you saw how I handled it. I didn't like berate anybody. I didn't, you know, throw throw steaks and, you know, across the room and, and one of the chef fired. No, you saw how I handled that. So it doesn't matter if it's home or away. I'm going to point it out, but I'm going to do it very nice, professional, unless they, you know, get all offended. If 
your lovely wife makes you a, a dinner and you don't like something about it? Do you bite your lip or do you? Uh, oh no, I'm not the same way no matter what, you know. You but just, then again, th- in order for that to happen, I'd have to get a home cooked meal. Oh, which wow! I hope she's not. Doesn't listening. happen. I hope she's not listening. It really doesn't happen. Oh, and by the way, do you remember when I did take you to my place and you got the fresh cut fries? Do yes. you remember what you did? Took it back. No, no, you got you got no you got a basket. You got a basket of fries. Oh, I got a basket of fries. And yeah. when you were yeah. eating your basket of fries, do you remember what you did? You did your your my happy dance. Your, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it was good. Yeah, it was. So Lori got to witness that. Okay. So now when she does cook something for me, yeah, she, and we're sitting at the table and I get done eating, yeah, and she goes, I don't get no. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> Wow, you know, thanks. listen, the, I wish people yeah. could see what you're doing there because I look nothing like that, what you're doing. You look like you're having an epileptic fit there. Uh, and how do you do it? With style and finesse and a little rhythm, a lot of rhythm. No. Now. My happy dance yeah. is like... No, you were yeah. doing the... You were doing the... Ah, uh, no, yeah, I remember. Yeah. I was. I stood up and uh, I did my little... Yeah. My disco move and my little spin and Lori was going... To, Wow, that's pretty cool, Marco. You don't do any of that. Yeah, no, that's that that that's not what she said. <laughs> but yeah, your, your your fries were good. Yeah. I'll, I'll do that. But um, yeah, a food bet with that. But I don't think we're on opposite sides, are we? Unless you want to do game two for the Nuggets and and the Heat. I am open to taking the Heat plus the points, Mister Zigzag. I like- Mister Bounce Back, as I like to say. I like Denver in a game, but I like the over more. So if you if you if you're interested in the I'm under, not a total guy, man. You're not Forget a total that. Guy. Yeah, total guy. See, I I because even you know that you you sh- never tease totals. I, you're right. I wouldn't tease totals. <laughs> I really don't play totals. I don't. Occasionally, I might play a football total, but I really no 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 because in my philosophy is this: I'm not going to wager on something that coaches or players don't care about and don't really scout for and don't do a game plan according to that. You never say, you know, have a coach come in and say, okay, you know, we, we, we want to keep this uh, game in the 20s, you know, for football. Yeah, we, 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 we want to do that. No. You know, you don't, that's, that's not part of it. So part, I, I'm, not, of, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Part of the it. handicap is what you see. On I get that unfolding on the football field or on the basketball court, and if you see a particular team that you think is going to exploit something, if that I get that. Oh, I used to play know, totals. I know. Yeah. I get it. So I, it's I all it's all correlated. It's like it. hockey, for example. Okay, there's no rhyme or reason to play a hockey total. Seriously, you know why? Because of what you just said. You never see a team, you know, everyone's skating up and down the ice. They're trying to get as many shots on goal as they can. You know, they're not sitting there playing the four. You know where totals came into play is Dean Smith and the four corners offense in North Carolina and this and that. This is where the whole. The Princeton back door. Absolutely. Now, that is different. Now, with basketball, you can do that. But then when you, you know, have the 24-second shot clock in the NBA and the 30-second shot clock in, in, in uh, college basketball, that has taken away a lot of that. Now, of course, books have adjusted and, and, you know, higher totals and this and that. But think about it, Marco. You've been around long enough that you used to see that in the 70s and the 80s and even in the 90s where pace was a big thing from a basketball, especially co- college, that that was a thing. You know, 
we're going to go diamond and run. We're going to go triangle and two. We're going to double team this guy in the low post. We're going to try to take the air out of the ball. We're going to try to milk the clock. Then that's when, okay, now now I'm into totals. But for the NFL, they don't play that way. College football certainly doesn't play that way. And hockey doesn't play that way. And the NBA really doesn't play that way. Hockey does play that way. It, we, their teams play totally different when they're up 2-1 as versus up 3-1. I never seen anybody trying to control the puck and say, we're going to play a Gene no. Hackman here. They're or dumping we're in the dump, other end. Well, dump and run to a certain degree. I get yeah. that. You know. You'll get that. And then in the NFL, if you're up, if you're up three touchdowns, the team's running the football in the fourth quarter. Whether they're a passing team or not, they're trying to run. That's why I always like to look at they're teams still, that run. They're still, passing well. on, they're still passing on third down, though. If they have, yeah, if they have to, but they're they're trying to milk the clock out as much as they. But can. But when does that happen? In the last maybe six minutes of a game, doesn't happen in the if third team, quarter, the early in the fourth has, quarter. If a team's up seventeen points in the fourth quarter, they're running. The, they're generally running the football. But how often does that happen, though? Right, it happens. You got to uh-huh. put it. It's you know. I mean, you want to see teams, teams up seventeen, and you know, I don't know. You know, you got the only time you see a team keeping you know playing good is if a team's tossing a shutout. There's you know if you got an, an over bet mm-hmm. and one of the two teams is tossing a shutout, you're like, mm. you just want them give them that token field goal just to get that goose egg off the board because then the defense is going to let up and and become a you know we'll give you yardage versus time, mm-hmm. but as long as that defense still has that that shutout mm-hmm. on the board, they are doing everything in their power to preserve mm-hmm. that. I think if you're a totals guy and you love playing totals that you're going to try to argue or make a claim for that no matter what, even if like the other side is, is trying to give you some form of logic. No, I, I like my totals. And, this, and people like that. But I just think that people, you know, really zoom in on the totals just because they're, you know, looking for another bet to, you know, to parlay with the side. I mean, how popular is that? Doesn't matter what sport, you know. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. I like the team and, 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 and the total. Ask John on every Sunday and Monday night exactly. how, how many times that they do that. Exactly. They're doing it constantly. Exactly. The, the standalone games, they're betting every which in every which way they, they can. And they're, they're betting props. They're betting. And that actually drives me nuts. If somebody has five, six, seven bets in one game, different, you know, doing different things. Yeah. If you're wrong on your handicap, <laughs> you're wrong basically seven times. Right. If you're doing that. Right. That's why I'm not I'm not I'm not a fan of that. I don't like playing the game and the total. Yeah. Um, I don't like having a bunch of props. Now, obviously we do it when Super Bowl's there. Right. But I always tell you, I'm taking props for both both scenarios yeah. for both teams. So if it does become a one kind of game, mm-hmm. you still have some outs, unless it's the Super Bowl that they had the uh, the Patriots and uh, Listen, the Rams. I think you, I think you actually you know, are making my point, and I think you actually, you know, agree with me because I've sat with you before, and you've said. I hate betting this total. <laughs> or I hate oh, to bet. I, I hate, I hate to bet, bet unders. Yeah, I hate yeah. to bet unders. You hate to bet unders. It's like, then don't bet it. <laughs> You're never comfortable betting the unders, but we've had this conversation. You're a winner for more time that, of the of the game. And if I do bet a total, I usually will bet the unders because of that. Yeah. most sharp people know that there's always going to be built-in value to the unders, especially on standalone games, mm-hmm. because 
people like John and Jay know where the money's coming in. You know, they're not getting a hundred people on sun, you know, sun, Sunday night betting the game. Oh, give me the under, give me the no. They're they're betting the over because they want action. All right, five and a half Golden Knights, Florida tomorrow. You are you going to be involved in a total? I think I'm going to have some overs in this to in this series. What about game one? I don't think I'm going to play the total in game one because of the rust rest factor. I'm going to let the, I'm going to let I'm going to say right up. now that's not a factor. Not a factor. It wasn't a factor with the Nuggets. Mm. Not going to be a factor with this. I think it's I think it's just too convenient of an excuse to say that. This team, I mean you you saw that what this team this Carol, uh, Panther team has done. I mean they just they're hungry. They're they're, they can hardly wait to get on the ice. They're, they're, they're not going to be rusty. They're a dangerous type of team to play. They're too There's good no of a team. They're too good of a team to 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 be rusty. They're too good. And plus, they've been out here for like three days. They they're skating, the huh? Are they hitting the clubs? <laughs> the Vegas flu. Remember that? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, we come back. Uh, Marco and I are going to talk some baseball. we got some baseball games to hit on today. And uh, also, it is an anniversary of uh, one of the most uh, absurd umpire calls that we've ever seen. Michael Jackson 1 by Cirque du Soleil is hailed by Rolling Stone as a virtual parade of wow moments that immerse the audience into the world of Michael Jackson's music. Performing weekly at Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino, Michael Jackson 1 celebrates the musical legacy of the King of Pop. Looking to elevate your night? The new Michael Jackson 1 VIP experience is now on sale. Get your tickets today at MJ1.com. Who's that? One of the greatest songwriters of our time returns to Las Vegas. Van Morrison, live in concert. September 6th, 8th, and 9th, Zappos Theater at Planet Hollywood. On sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Van Morrison, live in Las Vegas. Hey everyone, this is Carnell, aka Golden Pipes, and I want to welcome you back to the TC Martin Show. Continuing on here, it's a Friday. Looking forward to the weekend, and yes, Vegas going to be hopping again this weekend. Game one of the Stanley Cup Finals between the Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. The Golden Knights a favorite in the series, a dollar thirty and dollar thirty-five in game number one. And then, of course, we got the NBA Finals. We'll take a couple days off, and they'll reconvene Sunday night. The Aces back uh, on the road for their first lengthy road trip. Uh, they're in action tonight uh, against the Atlanta Dream. Ace is a 12-point favorite in this one. Then they will play on Sunday in Indiana. And then we got the two games in Connecticut on Tuesday and Thursday, which uh, I will be at. So this is my my last segment for about 10 days, Marco, because I will be on the road all next week in the beginning of uh, the following week. So there it is. So just me and Numbcheck Monday. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got our good friend T.J. Reeves. Oh, yeah, that's right. T.J. Yeah, okay. on, on, on Monday. Uh, Jose Volante will be filling in on, on, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Appreciate that. Then Marco will be here with Jay Schrader on uh, on next Friday. 
There you go. Well, you're living your best life. I'm living my best life. <laughs> I don't know. I'll be working, my friend. Do you understand that? This isn't a Jay Cornegate Palm Springs 20-year vaca- annual vacation. Hey, T, that's you not know? what I heard. That's not what you heard? What'd you hear? I heard you're, I'm one of your days off. You're going to Yankees games. I'm, I'm contemplating about going to the Yankee game on Wednesday. Yeah. Because, so that'll be our off day. And Connecticut to Yankee Stadium is about hour and 45 minutes or so. So, and I did this last year when we were back there for the finals and I went to Boston because it was like hour and a half away to Boston. And so I had to do my Fenway Park thing because it was a bucket list thing. I never did fin- Fenway Park before. And I was glad that I did that. So, um, so here's my story though. No, if you want to bring this up. So here's my contemplation. Maybe you guys can help me out with this in the decision-making process. So there you go. All right, so I've set the stage. Aces, Connecticut, Tuesday, Thursday, next week. First thing I did is like, hey, let me look at the Yankee schedule. You know, Red Sox don't care. They stink. Did it last year. Fine. But I do love going to Yankee Stadium. Always have. The old Yankee Stadium, new Yankee Stadium. And I've been to this one, but it's been probably six, seven years. Check the schedule. Hey, Yankees are at home. Who are they playing? Chicago White Sox. Not overly excited because I saw the Astros play the White Sox opening weekend. If you remember the ring ceremony and all that, I was back there for that in Houston Final Four and all that. So, okay, but it's still Yankee Stadium. Let me check the weather, all right? Because sometimes, you know, not sure what you can get. And it says overcast. Probably, I think the highs are going to be like in the mid 60s, low 60s by the time nighttime, eh, in the 50s. Okay, I'll give I'll give that a shot. So. Uh, contact my Yankee uh, Yankees contact and said, yeah, no, we can make accommodations, you know, that sort of thing. Got a good friend of mine, one of my best friends, lives in New York, diehard Yankee fan. Call him up, put it to him. I said, hey, I'm coming to the city. We'll either do dinner or, you know, Yankee game. He goes, man, I'm down for whatever you want. So then I'll go back and look at my ACES schedule because, well, you know what? We got to come back to New York to play the Liberty at some point in time. So let me see. When that is. So I go back and look, and I go, it's like, oh, it's August 6th. That happens to be a Sunday. It happens to be a weekend. Hmm. Do you think the Yankees might be at home? So I go look at the lineup, and I go, okay, we'll be, i got a couple days off ahead of time because Aces have a home game, like, on that Thursday, so I could fly out Friday, spend the weekend in New York, and then we go to Dallas from there. We leave on Monday. So, yeah, I could see a New York weekend, maybe Broadway play this and that. But let's, more important things. Where are the Yankees? Are the Yankees at home? I look at the Yankee schedule. Yankees are at home. Don't tell me who Who is the opponent. Because who is the opponent? The world just falls right into your lap all the time. I don't have the schedule, but uh, Alex, I'll take. Who are the Houston Astros for 500? It's the Astros. Seriously, what are the odds of that? I'll tell you what it is, at least 30 to 1, because they only go there once a year. And it happens to be that weekend when I'm going to be in New York. So what do you do if you're me? Do you just wait and go in August and then do something else and go to the city for this trip? Or do you do the double dip? You go to the city, do something else, go to a good good restaurant, maybe catch a show and save it for the Astros. That's what I was thinking. I have an even better idea. What's that? See who the Mets are playing. I thought about that. that well, usually if the Yankees are home, I don't think the Mets are at home. 
I think they usually kind of, but we can look. We can look that up. Because I'm saying, like, if they're playing the Cubs, guess what? You'll be there. To watch two bad teams? <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow! Wrigley, different story. I'm going to Wrigley no matter who they're playing. Playing the Marlins. I'm I'm, I'm going to Wrigley. Sitting in the yeah. bleachers? No, not anymore. I, I did that way back when because I to experience it, I wanted to do it. You know what happened last time I sat in the bleachers, Mark? The only time I sat in the bleachers. Did you get sunburned? Uh, I think I did get sunburned, but I didn't t- take off my shirt. What was going to be like you, you know, you know, with the speedo on and the pool? No, 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 I, no. So I got there early, and it is a long, long time ago. And remember, they're playing the Phillies, and so get there early, bleacher bum, because you have to get there early because they're not reserved seats, right? So okay, I'm, you know, before first few times I went to Wrigley, sat behind the, you know. Cubs dugout, this and that, you know, because I'm a seat snob. So I got to experience a bleacher bum thing. Get there for batting practice and get sit- seated. I'm going to go uh, get some food. I'm going to go eat a hot dog, whatever, this and that, enjoy. As I get up and I'm walking, boom, I get hit with a baseball in the small of my back. It was a home run ball. And then here, boom, here comes another one. Just misses my head. I, I had this welt on my, the small of my back, and I almost went down like a fighter who just got laid out. I went down like like Michael Moore against George Foreman. See, now, if I would have been there with you, after I got done laughing for about three minutes, I would have helped you up. Wait, T, did you at least get the ball? Of course not. You know what happened? I got these ham and acres diving in my feet, knocking oh, me I down. Know. I'm going to get a ball. You know what I'm saying? I'm probably one of the ones that grabbed the ball. Yeah, exactly. Did you go to, if I go, I would, haven't been to Wrigley. I'd like to go to Wrigley, bucket list one yeah. at a time, see a game there. Also want to go to that bar you always see across the street. There's a couple. There's, there's, there's the Cubby Bear, which is my personal favorite. That That's there. You've got Murphy's, which is in in right field. Uh, okay, you got that. And but those are the two the the best ones, right? Numbchuck, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Cubby Bear or Murphy's, yeah, yeah. Chris Bosio has told us many a story where he would close down Murphy's after a Cubs game, and he was a pitching coach there with the Cubs. And uh, now Wrigley's great, man. Uh, again, I've kind of a little. I'm not saying anti Wrigley, but when they made the changements, the changes, and the enhancements, that sort of thing. It's, it's kind of not the same, but uh, they didn't improve the urinals, you know, the, the, the restrooms. There's no more troughs. That's There's no more the troughs. thing that's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can see Marco at the regularly the trough, yeah. But, uh, but hey, right when you walk in, though, man, and they have, like, you know, people get there early, and they roll up the gate, and there it is. You walk right in, immediate right turn. You smell the Vienna hot dogs, all and beef. they're grilling the all onions, beef. all beef. Yeah. The Vienna, yeah, and and right there, it's like, give me two, like right now, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, and they grill them for you right there, and then they also have the cart, which is like down, like uh, past first base, right field line, and then. They're grilling there too. You know all these hand gestures. You, you know we're on radio. I nobody, understand. Nobody, nobody, you nobody's seeing you pointing all over. The and place. no one's seeing me doing this. What you were doing about my French fry dance or whatever that was. So, so take that. All right. Jeez. Um, okay. See, you guys help me make up my mind. I'm going to um, fold my hands. No hand gestures, and I'll bypass the Yankees White Sox game. Did you just use the word by? I never heard you use bypass. That word. No, you just use the word "by." That's something you're not. 
like buying a meal or buying you know, that's not B Y B I not B U Y. And to be fair, I mean, I do probably got to take into account that I won't be paying for the tickets in August. That's a, that's well. a big, that's the big <laughs> angle there, you know. Uh, it is a big angle. Yeah. Yeah, Yankees aren't much for comping. But I will say this. A shout-out to the media relations director for the Yankees. He offered to do give me his uh, friends and family discount, 50% off for tickets. I, that was pretty cool. So I could do that. But he obviously doesn't know you. <laughs> no, obviously. Because <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> what do you mean? You need to be comped. I know. But what's I, the last... In all honesty, what's find somebody the last, else to pay for the ticket. What's the last... <laughs> game that you actually went to that you bought the ticket oh man that that hamster's on that well he's right he's going way you? back has he that's the question that's what i'm thinking right now really i don't think so that you, I, wait, you, no, 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 you I, haven't gone through your whole life without paying for a ticket no 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 recent memory yeah. uh oh, i think i've got it i think i've got it um I think it was Giants game when they first got to whatever it is, Pac Bell Park, Oracle Park, whatever. One because uh, they weren't doing so. A lot of times they'll do media comps for people that are in the media, this and that. And I had gotten media comps through that, uh, but they already hit their allotment or something, and I paid. Yeah, I I, I paid. I think. For tickets for that, and that was probably 2013. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. I remember paying for that. Yeah, I did. I did. See, D- Dusty wasn't the manager then. No, 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 no. He was in Cincinnati at that time, or whatever, and or he was like out, uh, you know, because he went a couple of years where he was in between jobs, or whatever. But uh, no, no, that was just a. I I go back to Sacramento every year in the summertime anyway to visit friends, family, and so I want to make sure that the Giants are home because I love that park. I mean, you talk about bucket list, that is a great park. If you've never been there, phenomenal. So yeah, I and I had no problem, Marco, believe it or not, paying for a ticket for uh, a a game at that park because it's phenomenal. Mo- most baseball guys that I've talked, you know, guys yeah. that organizations are. They say San Francisco and they say Pittsburgh ballpark. Especially if you're like me and you went to so many games at Candlestick Park, which was just brutal from a weather standpoint, from the traffic standpoint, because AT and T, you know, it's been through so many different names. That park is just 180 degrees different and so much better than Candlestick. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, do you know what today is, Marco? You said it's some kind of anniversary. It's a baseball anniversary, my friend. 13 years ago today, one of the biggest travesties that we've ever seen in a baseball game. And, you know, I feel bad for pitchers that are rolling along and they get screwed. None worse than what happened to the Tigers pitcher, Armando Galarraga, on this day 13 years ago. Ground ball, right side. Cabrera will cut it off. Galarraga covers. He's out. No, he's safe. He is safe. He is safe at first base. 
And here comes Jim Leland. said he was safe at first base. You make the call. Cabrera, Galarraga. <laughs> Did he miss the base? He's out. Why is he safe? He must have missed the base. Are you kidding me? Why is he safe? <laughs> we'll see right here. <laughs> Why is he safe? Oh my goodness, Jim Joyce. No. Jeez Louise. Oh my goodness. What a travesty. What an absolute travesty for Armando Galarraga. Yes. So the situation was Galarraga pitching for the Tigers. Miguel Cabrera playing first base. The score is three to nothing. The Tigers are leading the Indians. Two outs. Top of the ninth. A perfect game. A perfect game. 26 up, 26 down. Ground ball to Cabrera. He fields it in the hole going towards second. G fires to Galarraga, who's covering first. Bang, bang. Jim Joyce says safe. Took away a perfect game. This wasn't even close. It was clearly out. Remember when it happened 13 years ago today. Took away a perfect game for a pitcher. We'll never, ever probably experience that ever again. And for Jim Joyce... Came under all kinds of scrutiny uh, for that, and it wasn't even close. 13 years ago, do you remember that game? I remember it. I was shocked when you said it was 13 years. I didn't think it was yeah. that long ago. Uh, that was good, but uh, doesn't the pitcher get the benefit of the doubt in that situation? So there's my point. I was going to say that, and I'll say it now. You've got to be present to the moment. And I'm not saying you give anybody the benefit of the doubt, but if you're Jim Joyce, you've got to know. This is a no-hitter. There's a perfect game. Oh, my God. We are one out away. I'm getting ready to go home and, and, and have some day. You know what's happening. You know what's happening. you got to alert yourself to the moment of the situation and just not even just say give the benefit of the doubt. But how about this? Be ultra-focused. Be You should be ultra-focused on every play, but this is it. i I got to make sure I get this right or else I'm going to get drug over the coals. Which he did. And with his attitude with that, when he said safe, he just kept spitting out his chewing tobacco. And he's like, look at me, look at me, look at me. And he had that, you know, Craig Stadler walrus mustache or whatever. <laughs> look horrible. Leland comes out and blasts him. He just sat there and kept spitting his chewing tobacco. The sound Pathetic. Body. The soundbot I would have liked to have heard was Jim Leland when he came right because that would Jim Leland, Billy Martin, those kind of guys. That uh, you want that's the soundbite you want. <laughs> yeah. All right, tonight we got a great game. We got Anaheim and the Astros, man. We got the Angels. Otani's on the hill against Valdez. Valdez, the dollar thirty favorite. Who do you like? I did not use that game. I know who you like. Okay, the Yankees and Dodgers tonight. That seems weird. In June. Yeah. That's cool. Severino and Kershaw going away. Kershaw, $1.55 favor. A little surprised that high. I can't lay that price the way he's pitching. He's not not pitched well the last few games. I didn't take the dog, but I want no part of laying that price. All right. And then Seattle's playing Texas tonight. Uh, Seattle, a road favorite. And we know Texas has been on fire, but Castillo against Gray. I went with Castillo. That's one of my plays tonight. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Yeah, very sad uh, for Armando Galarraga or anybody. And the A's... Well... <laughs>
you know they won two in a row. However, things have gone back to normal. A's lost again day before yesterday. They didn't lose yesterday, though. They're down 2 nothing. already. And they're down 2 nothing already. <laughs> lost 4-2 to Atlanta. I know you had that game. They had lost 11 in a row prior to that. The A's record currently stands at 12-46. and Lost 15 of the last 18. Worst record since the 1932 Boston Red Sox after 50-plus games. The attendance for that game against the Braves after they came off two wins in a row, Marco, against the Braves two years ago, World Series champs, 6,429. And the A's are now on the road in Miami playing in front of just as many fans there. I see a lot of seats down low that are open. (laughs) All right. Man, I appreciate you being here, Marco, uh, and appreciate you filling in while I'm gone next week. Appreciate it. Mark will be here on Monday and then back here at the Westgate in the Sportsbook at the Superbook here on Friday, man. Uh, enjoy yourself. Have a good time. <laughs> I'll be sending you plenty of food picks. That's what you want, right? Yeah, that's it. Say some basketball picks, too, from the Aces. Hey, man, that's that's where we won the championship last year. Oh, now, can you're, I, now you're well, a little bit different. I, you know. They're my employer. Okay. (laughs) Thank again to our anonymous uh, uh, super fan for sending us the pink box dozen donuts on National Donut Day. Very much appreciated. Everyone here in the sports book appreciates it as well. (laughs) For John Murray, for Nubchuck back in the studio, for Marco, have yourself a good one. Enjoy your weekend. Golden Knights tomorrow night. Woo! You got a lot to talk about on Monday, my friend. Big weekend. That's good. All right, brother. Appreciate you. Have a good weekend. You too, my friend. All right. If you missed any part of the show, go check it out at tcmartinshow.com. And the interview with Candace Parker is up there as well. Go hear that, talking about her new team in the Las Vegas Aces. Have yourself a good one. And I will talk to you a week from Wednesday. Keep listening. Tune into the show. Our great villain host. And keep it everything alive uh, as I will be back east. Have yourself a good one and enjoy. Enjoy.